Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper coming to you from Crossway Christian Church's Pond Campus, situated right on the New Hampshire-Massachusetts border. And I'm so glad you could join us as we are in part two of a new series of episodes we are doing about getting heaven into people through suffering and hardship. And as we come out toward the latter stages of the pandemic, I think there's a lot of pain for many of us to process. And I believe some of our most unwanted suffering can be an unexpected invitation to know God more fully. And so a lot of these conversations are coming from the book uh, that I co-authored with my friend and mentor, Paul Borthwick, called the Fellowship of the Suffering, and if you're a Lord of the Ring fan, uh, that is a pun off the Fellowship of the Ring, the Fellowship of the Suffering, and really though, this whole idea was based on Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, which says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and then in verse 11, and the sharing or the fellowship of his sufferings. And so we want to know Christ, not just know about him, know what his word says, but we want to know him personally, interactively, intimately. And Paul describes two ways we can know him more, through the power of the resurrection, but also through the sharing or the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, we can know Christ through our triumphs, but we can also know him through our tragedies. We can know him through our successes, but we can also know him through our suffering. Many of us want to know the Easter Sunday Jesus, but if we also really want to know him, we've got to know the Good Friday Jesus as well. And I think a lot of our really positive, encouraging type of Christianity that we find here in America, we only are looking to know Jesus about 50% of the way that he makes himself available through Easter Sunday, through triumphs, through successes, not through Good Friday, not through our tri tragedies, not through our sufferings. But if we really want to know Christ, we often have to look at some of the hard facets and realities of life where we suffer. And so today in our episode, I just want to ask and explore this question. What is suffering? Because a lot of us might feel guilty that our suffering shouldn't even really be that bad. It shouldn't be impacting us as much as it is. That it really doesn't count as a vehicle in which we can know Jesus more. But I want to assure you today that it does. See, suffering finds us all. Every last one of us. 
Its forms are as varied and numerous and unique as the very people on earth who experience its consequences. There is no getting around the reality that to be alive is to experience suffering. But what is it? We know its causes, maybe disease or disappointment, death, to name a few. We often know its effects, despair, distress, disillusionment, desolation. But what is suffering in its essence? In our book, Paul and I draw from Elizabeth Elliot's definition of suffering. For those who don't know, Elizabeth Elliot, her husband Jim was martyred for his faith as he was trying to reach native people in Ecuador with the gospel. And his story is famously told in the end of the spear where they were killed trying to make connections for the gospel. And that just was the beginning of a lot of hardship that Elizabeth faced and experienced in her life. But after years of processing a lot of the uh, the death of another husband, her second husband, after the death of her first husband, Jim, she describes suffering in this way. I think it's the most inclusive and honest definition of suffering that I think I have ever come across. And she simply writes this, suffering is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. Suffering is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. Given that definition, who on earth doesn't have something that they don't want? Cancer, chronic disease, COVID, infertility, depression, financial debt, experience of abuse, suffering as a result of systemic racism or a drug or alcohol-related issue or a child who is making poor choices, sudden losses, traumatic memories, family tragedy. Who on earth doesn't have something they don't want? Or who doesn't want something they don't have? Maybe a loving marriage. Maybe reclaiming some wasted years of life. A home that's safe and peaceful. Family members who follow Christ. A child who's suffering that we long for their healing. Who doesn't want something that they don't have? Who do you know who doesn't wish they could make something in their life either go away for good or appear with a sense of per- permanence? So think about this for yourself for a moment. What do you have that you don't want? What do you want that you don't have? Now, sometimes we should ask God if what we want that we don't have is the the right desire in the first place. Sometimes it might not be. And maybe this experience of suffering is not because something external is really going the wrong direction, the wrong way for you. Maybe it's because we have desires that are for the wrong things at the wrong times instead of submitting our desires fully to God. But a lot of us have good desires that are unfulfilled in some way. And the bottom line is this. Your personal and particular kind of suffering counts as legitimate suffering in the eyes of God. 
Some things like being ostracized from your family might be a specific suffering for Jesus, but suffering in all of its forms invites us to enter into the fellowship with those who suffer. Because whatever kind of pain or suffering you are experiencing is real, it should be acknowledged, and it should be known that God stands with you and is present with you in what you have that you don't want or in what you want that you don't have. We all suffer. And for those of us who are Christians, sometimes we get the mistaken notion that if I just believe in Jesus and attend church and give and serve and do these certain things, if I have these inputs in my life, then the output is going to be a life that is spared of a lot of tough suffering. But we as Christians, though, if our theology is rooted in in the scriptures well, we're no exception to the fact that we are going to suffer. I mean, the witness to Christian suffering is almost relentless in the Bible. Jesus was explicit in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his or her cross and follow me. John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble. Not might. Will. You will have trouble. James was insistent, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Not if, but when. Paul in Colossians 1.24 has this very perplexing phrase where he talks about filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. We'll talk about that in another upcoming episode. But I love how Eugene Peterson translates Colossians 1.24 in the message. He says, There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering Christ takes on. So scripture is emphatic. Suffering in all of its forms is an unequivocal, inescapable part of not only the fallen human condition, but the overall Christian life. So given this reality, we have to ask ourselves, how can we learn to live as fully and as faithfully despite the unavoidable, unwelcome presence of suffering in our lives? That's the key question of our book and this podcast. Let me just ask it again to you. How can you learn to live as fully and as faithfully as possible despite the unavoidable, unwelcome presence of suffering in your life? Let me tell you, it is worth learning to live as fully and faithfully. At the beginning of the first chapter of our book, we have this great, I think, absolutely profound quote from Malcolm Muggeridge, a thinker of the 20th century, great writer. And here's what he shares. I think this testimony is well worth keeping in the back of our minds, tucking it away, especially when we find ourselves traversing really arduous, painful paths. And here's what Malcolm writes. Contrary to what might be expected, I look back on experiences that at the time seemed especially desolating and painful with particular satisfaction. Indeed, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I have learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my existence has been through affliction, not through happiness, whether pursued or attained. In other words, if it ever were 
to be possible to eliminate affliction from our earthly existence by means of doing some drug or other medical mumbo-jumbo, the result would not be to make life delectable, but to make it too banal and trivial to be endurable. This, of course, is what the cross signifies. And it is the cross, more than anything else, that has called me inexorably to Christ. Let me just highlight one of those phrases again for us here. Muggeridge says that everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened his existence has not been through happiness, but through affliction. That is absolutely profound. Sometimes we just think better experiences, better circumstances are what's going to enhance our lives. But here is a reflective, devout follower of Jesus looking back and saying, what has truly enhanced my life has not been happiness, but affliction. So why should we try to live as fully and faithfully into this fellowship of the suffering? Because it's going to enhance our lives. It will lead to an ever-deepening walk with God, greater solidarity with others, and I believe an empowered mission for God in this world. So my prayer for us today is that we would genuinely desire to know Christ, not just through the power of his resurrection, but through the fellowship of his sufferings. And that fellowship of the suffering involves how you suffer. So let me close our time just in leading us with a moment of prayer. We know that suffering now is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. So what might that be for you? And I'm going to invite you just to name that, maybe even out loud to God right now. And as you say this, believe Jesus is coming near to you. See him looking at you and listening with full attentiveness, with complete affection, and with deep compassion. And invite him to share your sufferings with you. Where the sufferer is, there God is. So may you know today, friends, that God is near to the brokenhearted. He saves, he heals those who are crushed in spirit. And may you know Christ through the sharing of your sufferings with his sufferings. And through the sharing of that suffering, may you, like never before, know the indescribable power of the resurrection. So may you go in the love and grace and peace of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may you live as fully and faithfully as possible despite the unwelcome, unwanted presence of suffering in your life. Because in being 
faithful in the midst of our suffering, we can believe that God will unlock and release his redemptive power in and through you. God bless.